Hello, everybody, and welcome to the 31st episode of the HSBG podcast. I'm your host, Educator Collins. I almost said Shady Bunny there. Wow. Uh, and uh, I'm here with my constant co-host, Shady Bunny. Shady, how are you doing? Well, tired, but well. How about you, Collins? Uh, I am the same. <laughs> Pretty much. It's been, uh, it's been a long week for both of us, I think. And uh, we're going to have a lot to talk about uh, today. But uh, today I'm a little bit more tired than i normally am i said that also last week too i think i remember i was also but that was because i was just starting you know that was like the first day yeah. i had the different schedule so you know it's been a week of it it doesn't feel like a week i we're like going i'm skipping sections right now but like no, it, 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 the days have sped up since uh since i started doing this it's like damn the day's gone the day's gone yeah. <laughs> i was like <laughs> Didn't even do anything. You know, it's really quick now that uh, we got this schedule on. So, yeah, it's pretty cool. But first topic, we always start with the Battlegrounds weekly overview. But really, the overview is just another topic because our weeks have been very similar for some reason. Uh, you know, I'm sure we're going to talk about it in the future. But we've, you know, generally I've been having a fun time. Uh kind of almost feel like I'm relearning the meta, which is kind of interesting, like, or like kind of getting my kinks fixed. I think, you know, there's a hammer. Yeah. There's a hammer called shady and she, and he's don't don't buy that trash level. Go. (laughs) But yeah, it's, it's been a lot of fun. So, um, yeah, that's uh, that's good, but we're gonna we're gonna pretty much be spending uh, most of the, this podcast kind of talking about what we've done this week. But overall, it's been a nice week, I think, and uh, gonna be a lot of fun. Uh, so usually we talk about a particular hero, a particular minion. That's not really gonna change this week. Uh, Shady had an idea for a hero, but I said no. So <clears throat> uh, you're not getting that one this week. So not yet. Yeah, not yet. But this still working on the data. We need a larger sample size. Yeah, et cetera, et cetera. I really don't think we do. I just don't want them to know it. So you know, let's just be honest. Uh, but uh, the hero we will be talking about, however, this week is Blackthorn. So that's. I think he's a pretty interesting hero. Uh, he only comes in with Quillbars are in. I think that's something uh, that is really important with this hero. That kind of gives him some underrepresented power or something to think about when you see this hero you're like oh cobras are always in with this so um there's a there's been me actually even playing a lot there's a really nice um window i guess or opportunity to get to four get and start making like a really streamlined mech composition but the problem with like leveling to tier four is a lot of times you take a lot of damage and really uh, Blackthorn's real value is just being able to ramp super fast, uh, mitigate damage a lot, especially if you get uh, some very key, strong early game tier one units, and then just using that health advantage to kind of get the pieces before other people can really find their comp and then uh, streamlining, fixing it up, making it a shine from there. So I, I wasn't really rating this hero that high, 
I would say before this week, right? A lot of, I gotta say, a lot of my hero ratings have changed drastically this one week. It's so crazy, actually. Uh, but yeah, I wasn't rating this hero really that much, that, that well. But after playing a lot of these games and just looking at it, seeing how, how effective it can be, I really do like what this hero provides especially in the early game and uh there are some like little synergies just because you get blood gems maybe you need like four extra attack you have a t uh, earth shaker on the on your board you're just like okay i just level here you know for you know two or three gold sometimes in the late game and you're just like okay pump 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 i should be able to deal with the elemental player or something like that something really so there's there's some extra value there but really the early game is where uh the hero power shines what's your thoughts on this. Yeah, I think you summed it up nicely. The um, I guess the specifics of the curve we like to follow in this meta is a chief curve, which means you level on five and six gold instead of four and seven gold. Four and seven is the standard of going to three. Chief curve gets the tier three a turn early, which is nice to get access to cards like gem splitter, deflect a bot. So you'll rate Blackthorn a lot higher when mechs are in because there's not that much reason to speed level to tier four if mechs are out. You can take your time a bit more because the cards you're going to want when mechs are out are more just like, well, I'm going to need a Maba Bear, or I'm going to need to triple into Eliza or so, and rushing to tier four isn't really going to help you that much with it. The, um, the cool thing you talked about is with a Jeeve Curve, you get to tier three on six gold. So that means on seven gold, you have your first real shop where you get to buy the units you want and Blackthorn's power indeed is if that seven gold shop is bad it's very easy to just say oh i'll just level and then on seven gold you'll be on tier four and then on eight gold instead of you know most of the people that go to tier four fast are there on eight gold but they can't buy it you're there on eight gold and you have eight gold that you can spend on tier four units so it just increases the chance that you get bang for your buck so to speak and the hero power means that you take minimal damage doing so uh, the card we're going to talk about in a bit uh pop bot the um it's a great synergy because you can just slam all the gems on the pop bot and you have this huge divine shield and if you have the right matchmaking you'll be surprised just how healthy you arrive on tier four if you um if you got the divine shield to jam all the gems on so it, it's really a hero that does a very specific thing. And if the meta rewards that specific thing, this guy gets a lot better. So right now I would say with cards like Grease Bots, with cards like Gem Splitter, um, going to tier four is extremely rewarding. So when going to tier four is rewarding, this guy gets a lot better. Yeah, it, another reason why like these curves are really working out really well is because people are like, they've kind of changed how they curve or how they move, right? People have different looks in how they curve, right? Pe people will sometimes just stay on one for like five turns, right? you know, and, and Dumbo level, right? And if they're staying on one, right, they're not punishing you, right? They have like tokens on the board, yeah. blah, 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 right? So you're, you're, you have like one big minion. That's enough to deal with all their random tokens on the board. And you're just like, oh, you know, here's where normally people would have spawns and and rad, random rat pack, blah, blah, blah. They just have tokens. Like, who cares about that? I'm not taking any damage. I might even beat them. So it's, and then people, a lot of people are also following the same curve as you. So if you're also, if both people are doing the same curve, 
you guys are not taking that much damage because you have very similar boards, similar power states. So just You'll be have the edge because yeah. of the gems as well. Yeah. yeah. So because people have transitioned really away from the standard level on two, buy two drops, level on three, buy threes, right? People are doing a lot of different curves, which have a lot slower early game in terms of like that big power double spawn role. You're not see like I haven't seen someone with a double spawn in so many, how many games, right? Like people just don't roll. No games, basically. Yeah. I, yeah. I do it some. Like we have that Lich King game, for instance, today, right. where that, that could have very easily been a double. We would have loved for that to be a double spawn game. Right. That's what makes it out. Yeah. Because like I said, then there's not that much incentive to rush to four. Yeah, but you're not picking this hero and things like that. So you've got that big advantage of, oh, people aren't really being that strong when I would get punished. And now with this extra power level, I just either win the win the round outright, or I'm just as strong or, you know, slightly weaker than the opponents as I rep. So it's really nice just due to the nature of how the meta has changed a little bit that you can get away with these curves and just feel strong, feel good, get, get to a good position in a healthy state and then go from there. So, I think if Mexerin with this hero, really, really strong to just get a nice early tier four and then uh, just try to fix your board from there, right? Like that's like the one uh, difficulty or like skill test where you have to know what to do once you get there and you're like, okay, what are, what's valuable here? What do I want to skip? Da, 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 da. But other than that, pretty solid hero. I really like it. Um, you kind of, alluded to it but the minion we will be talking about is Puppot. uh one of the uh one of the better minions to synergize with Jeev curve if you are uh wanting to use that strategy a lot just because uh having a divine shield early is really nice in that it kind of already fits the composition you're trying to run uh in that oh you find a gem splitter it's auto activated you find um a grease spot oh i already have something to scale with it's also a mech right so it opens up deflectors right you can find a menace taunt this put a menace on it bam you have you have a a consistent reset right makes your deflectors a lot more um less rng where you know you're going to get at least one reset for your from your deflectors if you have two deflectors right really really consistent early so just a nice unit uh, there's a lot of heroes as well that I feel become really playable just because pop bots in the games. Because um, the one that jumps out to me is, is Banana Man, Mukla, right? You just start hero powering. Like you have two pop bots, you hero power, right? In like five, six turns, you can have two 10 tens pop bots. Disgusting. Like. That is a comp. That Daryl, the Daryl is salivating, right? With that level of power, you're not really doing anything uh, too difficult. You just found two pub bots in the early game. So there's a lot of like little heroes, right? Edwin as well, that can just like have a have a pub bot or two. Oh, I have a pretty large divine shield minion, not really working too hard at it. So um, I do think this addition really changed. Um, how the early game can feel, just how strong you can um, get an early a tier one minion to be represented. And there's a lot of games where you can just run this pub bot through the whole 
the whole game. You buy this turn one and you just have it the whole game. It's not a problem. You get a grease spot somewhere. It's like a 20 attack, you know, minion without really trying. And it's just like a core part of your composition. So um, just a really strong card has a lot of synergies and just, um, you know, just something that I wanted to talk about here, just how valuable it can be, especially in this meta. I think as the meta has really settled, a lot of people have really figured out that mechs are strong, you know? <laughs> not just Omega. Yeah, not just Omega is strong, but just mechs in general are really strong. So um, this can help uh, complement that strategy really well. So if you want to. I had this uh, insane Mukla game just now where I started with a token and I just like bought, sold. Hero power, two big bananas. Next turn, buy a pup bot, two big bananas. The turn after, level pup, level uh, again, two big bananas. The turn after that, sell the token, level regular banana, big banana. So it's doesn't seem like fair. I, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> I jeep curved and went straight to four and had like a seventeen sixteen on my board. <laughs> I was like, holy shit, this is insane. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, those are some silly numbers. Um, Daryl's another one where it's just mm -hmm, right. Yeah, that's players. very true. There's this new thing people do where they stay on one, and I've been doing it a little bit, but not really the way how they do it. I, I think a lot of the people I've seen that stay on one, they actually go for the um, tier one curve where you get a triple and you double level, and they get uh, a five drop, and then they're on tier four. But I really you get like a five drop. Well. Hmm. Yeah. What about yeah, they just the, get a four? there yeah like i i like getting to four so so what i've what has worked really well for me is if i get a micro mummy or a pup bot pair for instance uh you can dance on the third one and then suddenly you'll have a big one you triple and then on if you're going for a four you can get the grease spot you can get a module there's a lot of interesting things there that you can work with you can even get like a ground shaker and then every bacon you pick up is you know plus plus two attack or plus four attack to your board so there, uh, there's definitely a lot of applications to use this minion. And it's like you said, this this minion can be in your final seven very, very consistently because it's, you know, it's almost like it's a bit too strong. Like you, introduce, <laughs> you introduce a mech divine shield unit on tier one, but it doesn't feel oppressive, but it's just like this unit makes it into endgame comps very consistently. You know, maybe you have cards like a rock pool that gets buffed like crazy, or you have this trickster, but this unit is probably by far the most consistent minion that makes it into endgame comps. And that's just because Divine Shield is one of the things you want in the endgame. And uh, with Early all the ways we have well. right now... Yeah, sure, at any point of the game. You know, <laughs> but it's, it's less relevant when your opponent has an Icky Imp. That yeah, is, yeah know, I like, agree. Yeah, that's the one. Sure, your pub body, you're like, oh, my shield didn't do much. But later in the game, people, you know, they will get rid of those cards and there'll be this just 20, 20, you know, like one of the most satisfying feelings is when you're going up against Murlocs and it's seven Murlocs, zero shields, and you just have your shields with ground shade, you're like, oh, every shield is going to two for one on Murloc or you're fighting cool boys and it's pure cool boy. They just have this big, big duo, but you have this giant deflect that just go like, bam, right? Either one shots that are, you know, three fourth of its health is already gone. And you're gonna get the reset and do that again and that was by far the biggest minion so uh, shields are just so good there's obviously the counter to that which when dragons are in prestor is an incredible counter uh, but most of the time you know the majority of the lobby doesn't have a prestor 
a lot of the lobby is going to have one or two shields of their own. So they're not really going to want to invest in ghouling you. So it's just incredibly valuable to be able to buy a unit and keep it into your composition the whole time. If you pick up a menace, like you mentioned, you can just Argus it and suddenly it's this reliable deflector resetter. So just just a really nice minion if you have any way of buffing, right? Like we mentioned, being a Daryl, being an Edwin, being a Blackthorn, being a Mukla. And even if not, this is not quite as strong as Acolyte, but it's it's okay-ish, right? You're like, sure, you know, I'll put that on my board and some minions it'll handle even better than an Acolyte because of the Divine Shield. The reason you're so you're saying the taunt's better. Yeah, so you have the taunt, which really enables the Avenge stuff. And um, Acolyte can also hit a 1-1 and not lose its first charge. Uh. Whereas Pop-Bot will always be like 2 damage, 2 damage. Acolyte is also 2 damage, 2 damage, but sometimes it's 2 damage, 2 damage, 2 damage. Right? So 6 damage instead of 4. So, But if you have any synergy, right, the Pop-Bot quickly starts to run away with it because once you have a buff one blood gem really one good. blood gem yeah one blood gem <laughs> is better yeah very uh very strong useful minion uh you do see a lot just because it's very synergistic with the meta so definitely wanted to talk about that but moving on to the main topic of the podcast our co-op adventure so this week i have been Pretty much waking up at 4 a.m. Great for me. <laughs> but I, you know, I plan to do it. I I have, um, I really wanted to kind of learn, relearn the meta. I felt like I wasn't really super uh, crazy invested or, and I, I wanted to be, you know, to kind of grind things out, get a feel for what I, what I wanted to do, play a bit. And it's always, um. I know that Shady's, you know, has been grinding it super hard, you know, recently. And I was like, damn, you know, I like that. <laughs> kind of want to see. So uh, we used to play a ton of arena back in the day. We would co-op and stuff like that. So we have like this prior experience uh, to work at. So it's not necessarily the hardest thing. Definitely there's been some like... Um, some learning pains or growing pains, just like kind of figuring out oh, how best do I want to apply both of our skill sets in, in each of these games. But I, I really do think like over time and consistently doing it, we've really been getting a, a feel of how to kind of pilot the games well and like realize and having someone there to be like, okay, I like this play. Oh, I don't like this play. Well, have you thought about this play? Oh, what about if we do this play? What do you think about that? Uh, if done well, done quickly, and done, you know, in the right manner, it can be really, really powerful, right? Like, obviously, if you guys try it at home and you try it, you'd be like, damn, this is very confusing. We we just mess up. There's no time, right? But over time, like, with the experience we have, we can get it to work. So it's been it's been pretty nice. And um, just overall, my, um, just my week, I would say I've really, I feel like I've learned a lot, you know, just from Shady, just playing, just like he's very skilled, right? So just like even playing with him, even if um, we're talking about stuff, right? Just sometimes he'll say something, I'll be like, huh, that that's something I haven't thought about yet. And I'll be like, wow, you know, just, just a quick like, uh, you know, information gathering there or something that I've really, um, sometimes when you play out by yourself and you're like, you're doing your own set of ways, you're like, you're not really 
stopping to think about is this insane or like is this or is this like a play that I, I haven't thought about but really can be the difference maker in whether I take like 10 less damage in the next two rounds or something like that, right? And those things really add up, especially in this meta where, you know, sometimes one bad loss is the difference between like a, you know, a seventh or a fourth or a second or something like that. Like just one bad random hit, especially when people are very consistent and especially at the highest levels, right? Like one mistake can be like so critical. So um, it really does help. And uh, I've learned a lot. My hero ratings this week have changed dramatically. Like what I was rating at the beginning of this week and now now it's like who night and day like damn this, I thought this hero was good. <laughs> what was I thinking? Oh this hero is really like undervalued here. Uh, like this is sleeper OP. I've always <laughs> always taken this one now. Uh things like that. So there's a there's a lot of uh learn learning that I've had a lot of little um things that I've picked up and really starting to see the meta differently. I think that also is something that's happened. Just like I'm looking at the board stand, I'm like, hmm. Another thing that's happened a lot, I, I, I think this is more just me playing nonstop all day, is that I'm just like, okay, so this is what he, this is what my opponent did turn one, two, three, four, five. This is what, this is what my, like for each of my opponents, oh, okay, let, I see the board, I see the number of minions. Okay, I know exactly. What, what their board stated. Once you start going to like tier seven, tier eight, turn seven, turn eight, it's, you know, starts becoming wonky because people can high roll the, the stuff. But knowing when they triple, right, is also really helpful to be like, okay, well, this is very likely, you know, like you have to know what they tripled and then not fight them that same turn, right? I think that's very like, so let's say, okay, they got a six, right? And then you're not fighting them, but you then afterwards you see they have like three pirates. Ah, okay, they went allies, you know, da da da. Now, how do I deal with that, right? So there's a that's been more evident or more prevalent or even more autopiloty just because we have played so much and and seen a lot of the stuff. So there's been quite a little lot of things, and uh, probably going to continue, you know, playing with Shady uh, for a while. We've been grinding his account basically. <laughs> <laughs> Try, <laughs> trying to you know keep it respectable so uh hopefully we can continue doing that really well but uh, that's been my overall experience probably have a little bit more to talk about then. yeah i mean it's it's obviously been great the uh just having another strong mind next to you when you're making those decisions is just very powerful because sometimes you know like the vast vast majority of plays will do the same but that goes the same for your opponents so it's that moment where there's this kind of crazy but also incredibly good line available and one of the players spots it and you go into that direction and you really go like wow this is where this game became a first place game and if i played it solo it would have potentially even been a top eight because i would not have seen the line i would not have caught the window to level i would not have bought that minion or I would have bought the minion and I would have stayed instead of leveling or you know I would have never thought about pushing it in that direction so that that's just been amazing the yeah. um yeah you want to you want to uh like sometimes when yeah. we're talking about plays like we're there's a, a lot of times when you're playing like every there's a lot of like autopilot plays you know turn one to four like very similar mm -hmm. stuff like that but once you get into like the mid game the real like you know the you know the decision making stuff sometimes you, you there's like the autopilot play and then there's like a play with a little bit of tension where it's like oh what about 
this. There's a little bit of tension there. And that's really interesting, right? Because normally when you're you're doing plays, everything's like, oh yeah, this makes sense. But as soon as you get to that point where there's like, oh, what about, you know, you're talking to them and it's like, oh, what about this? And there's like, there's there's no immediate like, oh yeah, that is, obviously that's what we do. It's like, oh, there's something to talk about here, you know, where it's like, okay, there's there is a decision point where there might be branches off in the pat in the you know the multiple universes where you do this and this play right there's there's now a decision where you can really change the outcome of what you how you're going to play the game how you're going to win or look or look in where the game flows from there and that's really cool in that maybe when you're when you're playing by yourself a lot you don't have that like you know, other person or other, you know, thought process constantly running in, in, in the background being like, oh, what about that? You know, there's not a lot of like auto tension because the, you know, the brain kind of agrees with itself. Like, hey, yeah, what about this play? Yeah, I guess it's great. All right, good job, brain. Let's do that one, right? It's not <laughs> like, ah, what about this? Oh, what about, stop, slow down here. What about the other line? Yeah, oh, right, there's another line. Yeah. Da, da, da. So I, I really think that's very cool and very interesting when whenever... Uh, it happens and we talk about it like oh yeah yeah this play it's 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 amazing because sometimes it's like huh i would have never thought about this play by myself and you would say i also would have never thought about about this play (laughs) by myself and we're like huh that's that's weird what's going (laughs) what's going on there right neither of us alone would take this line but together it actually becomes even stronger and like you start seeing things um, as we're we're kind of working it out together to kind of see, oh, there's actually this, you know, third line here, which is really cool, but like unusual. But because, you know, it's we're confident in that with the pilot, we can do it. it it's really cool to see. So I always like yeah. that. Yeah, it's super fun. It's, confidence is a huge factor. Yeah, in this in game. Well. Yeah, it's, it's crazy how... Um, I've always thought about that in this game, like how important just being confident in what you're doing and and how you're playing is is so impactful because there are some plays where um, you kind of give up mentally and you just like, well, some maybe not some plays, but like some days or some moments where you're just kind of like you're already defeated in the game. And because of that, you're not taking the like 20 percenter that can give you the first you're taking like the 80 percent. But that maybe you get like six, but most of the time you'll get like, like maybe you'll, but most of the time you'll get six, but sometimes you'll like get fifth, right? You know, you're going for the safe play, but you know, you know for a fact there's no chance you'll beat like that high roller lot, uh, player. But then if you have someone you, or you're confident, you're like, you know what? I'm just going to go for this line, maybe full switch or something into this specific counter just to deal with them. Where if you're like, not confident you're like you know what i'll just take take my second you know i'm not gonna think about it i'm just gonna you know i'm just gonna die right but then you're like but if you think about it you have like two turns maybe you're fighting a dead guy and you know if you yeah. like scale with the the board you have that you have no chance so why are you like even bothering you're like oh yeah maybe you i scale fast pilot. yeah maybe i just out- <laughs> yeah i just auto scale and just like beat him but you know this guy has like golden no media like well how are you gonna outscale that with your random uh composition so it, it's really interesting how impactful just being confident and, and knowledgeable and saying hey what i'm doing makes no sense in the context of this game i'm gonna sell my golden brand put a spore it 
<laughs> and it hurts. It hurts, I tell yeah. you, but it's the right line. And yeah, you know, Golden Brand's great, but it's not going to win you the game at all, right? So yeah, I, I do agree. The, uh, yeah, that was a good game. The, I guess some, some stuff we can talk about, right, is maybe like what we each bring to the table. Like if you're, if you have more of an idea of like, what are my strengths? What are my weaknesses? And, and also just, it's like you mentioned earlier, where if two people that don't know each other very well start co-oping, the chance that they're going to do better than either of them solo is very small. Because <laughs> there's probably already so true, much, yeah. there's so much to think about that any, any kind of, it's like when we're playing together and we're both tired, it's awful. Yeah, it's really bad. It's going too slow. And BGs is really a game where you need to think fast and you need to execute because a fully executed play that is questionable is probably still way better than the perfect line not fully executed because there's so much to be gained by, you know, like spending all of your gold and not just panic rolling, etc. I didn't realize how bad I am. Super tired. Like <laughs> I thought maybe I could get away with it, but damn, it's it's like night and day. Uh, me playing when I'm tired and when I'm not, it's like damn. You know, I like I thought I just autopiloted. It worked. <laughs> well, but no. I, I I do that right. I just start playing autopilot, but then every game is a struggle. Be... It's hard, right? Like, yeah, but it would also just be every game will be uh, a, a shaker three spot game. <laughs> every game, if it's not in, I'll just do something silly where I'm like, all right, well. We've already, like, I just go in with the mentality. You, this is the shit just, lobby. I'm going to go high roll or I die. You just force your most comfortable comp, right? Just over yeah, and over. I just, yeah. I just force the whole time. Or, yeah. or any hero, like, you know, like Janus. Even though Janus is not an easy hero to play at all, if I start a token, if I start with token on a Janus, I can sort of play that blindfully almost. Where, <laughs> sure, it's not going to be optimal, but I'm going to get two five drops and I'm going to do something with that. And if one of them's a mama bear, oh my God, right? It's just yeah. do, 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 swap that beast, buff that beast, yeah. make more triples, got a leak cat. Hey, there's a gold room, bam. And you know, you're just, you're there. So, and, and that, that autopilot gaming kind of goes out the window when you're still coughing. So, I, I guess the, um, the, the, Familiarity helps where you know each other that I'm I'm not afraid to step on your toes. You're not afraid to step on my toes, right? It's just like something needs to be said. You say it, right? Even if you have to interrupt the other person. And if you feel like something is bad, you're not I, I to... never interrupt. No, no. Like, <laughs> when I'm, you know, like this used to be common, right? I've got two hoggers on my board. This is a pirate. <laughs> so... <laughs> Why the thing is like Carlos? I know. Let me play. So, yeah, that, that's that's so much better now. By the way, Paul is just like, all right, that's the fourth hugger. I'm gonna head out. <laughs> See you after the yeah. <laughs> but just the uh, the comfort level allows you to to skip over a lot of dialogue where normally you would feel like you'd have to check that with the person you're playing with. So there's a lot of shops. Right where I know like Collins would never want to buy anything here. Just roll, roll. We both know what we're looking for. And that alone is going to speed up the process so much if you do not that's, have. So this, that's guess, hilarious. That's so true. Like, yeah, yeah. That, like so often I could be like, okay, well, I could suggest this play, but I know Shady would never do that. <laughs> 
<laughs> so why even bother? I'm just gonna move on. Uh, this shop, uh, never, Shady doesn't want anything here. Like sometimes I'm playing my own game and I'll see a shop and I'll be like, Shady would take this right here. <laughs> like Shady would, Shady would take this right here. Like Shady would take this. Yeah, I'm just like, you're not even here, but <laughs> you're kind of playing the game with me. <laughs> just because I know yeah. so much. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's I have kind the of same funny. thing. Like Collins would tell me to take a six drop too, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> And, and, and that is the, uh, so, so I guess part of this or a lot of this podcast might be a little bit of a half tutorial, half just us talking about how we play together. If you guys, you know, want to try and replicate that, because I, I think there is great value in that where right now I feel, you know, like our, our duo is very strong in just making decisions if we're both on it. It's if so there was nice. a duo tournament. Oh my god! Oh yes. my god! I yeah. know it's not fair. I feel so <laughs> incredibly comfortable. That is so good. Oh, we have that, like Colin says, we have that. Uh, we have those reps from the arena days, yeah. where a lot of the language as well is, you know, it's very short. It's like yes, no, go, take the other one first. You know, like it's very, very little words to convey a lot instead of having to you know, use whole sentences to get through the turn. Oh, yeah. I'd, I'd say one of the things um, I do poorly and that Collins really helps in is optimization. And I feel like as a player, I, I do that very well compared to the average player right if you say like oh, you know your plays are pretty you do, polished they, but... they average, you do average and then shade is <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But then, but then I, I look at how polished my lines are a lot of the time collins's lines are extremely polished i would say where the right order will almost always be there uh we will maximize our stat gain we will you know, like play cards first when they need to be played first, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And sometimes I'm, I feel like I'm a bit more the big picture guy. Where yeah. I, yeah, I know where we're going and I know what I want. And then Collins will be like, if that's what you want to do, do it in this way, because this will be more efficient. You'll, you'll have more stats. You'll, you'll have more chance, right? Do you level first or you do this? The, so, the reason, yeah. the reason uh, it's like that, I do agree with you is because I'm very used to playing BGs and I'm like, okay, I roll once. Okay, I have to figure out what my comms is going to be in a, in a roll. Okay, I roll again. Okay, I have to figure out what my comms is going to be. So, like, every turn I have to, like, re-optimize every single option that's possible that makes sense. So, it just gets... And the difference between, like, missing a stat, especially in, like, those critical, like, one-turn moments could be like, oh, I lost because I, I died to one stat. So I just, you get very used to being like, I have to make sure it's perfect, otherwise I die. So over over time, especially in, like, the beginning of Battlegrounds where, you know, I just go to six and then I just figure it out, go to five and figure it out. Right? So you just have to make sure, like, oh, I got to squeeze every bit of value because otherwise I'm dead, you know, in that one turn. So you just get very used to it. And I don't necessarily have like a game plan, even the turn before, you know, like one turn I'll have like no board and I have to like make a whole board in one turn. So right, it's like, so it's like, okay, roll da 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 Like you, that, that master, double master realities, right? That's like classic. <laughs> Oh, I have no clue what the hell I'm doing. Oh, yes, I have to do that. Did I squeeze that perfectly? Like, that's the kind of stuff where 
you've got to have those reps in and like you have to see and that that was it's brilliant like i really i really like play of the week or something i think for me so, there so you know to put it into context collins is referring to a game we had earlier where we did not get a token start as janice and the game was looking pretty dire so we went to five early because it was also a no mech game so it was just like what are we rolling for on four and um in that particular turn, we triple into an amalgam, amalgam yeah. and then we open, uh, I'm not sure if that was the same term, but it's over the course of one or two turns, we open a double master of realities. I, I think it was the immediate roll in the next turn. Right. I'm, I'm just thinking because it was also major domo, right? So it's, the, the, the yeah, essence you had of gold. the line. Yeah. And the, the, the essence of the line is that in one turn where we were one loss away from dying we put double master of realities on our board and we used the amalgadon as a as an elemental but the amalgadon is everything so you can use something like a whelp smuggler which was added maybe mm -hmm. the turn after that so the same turn you it was it was disgusting it was so good oh, okay. uh, you, sure. you you hear about the amalgadon trying to hit the master of realities for free you hit something else but Something random, but then you had the major dome. You saw the major dome to buff the Amalgadon line. Then you saw that, oh, I can add this well smuggler to get an extra tick from the major dome as a play. And you had the two master realities. So turn the first turn, right? You had this set up. Master reality gains plus 10, plus 10 in stats out of nowhere. The Amalgadon's getting, you know, it's a perfect dawn because you're Janus. You know, it's gaining uh, the same amount of stats almost as well, right? Plus the extra health from the well smuggler. Just absolutely disgusting. There was, there was really no other option in that game to really have a chance of survival but you see this one line and you go for it you commit to it and i was like is it too is it not strong enough but you reassured me that oh yes double master with the scaling with the major domo will be enough stats and boy impressive you know very 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 nice play there well thank you Collins. That's the, uh, but that is that is a extremely good example of where the co-op turns a potential seventh place into a first place game. Yeah, yeah and that's yeah. all you need, right? Like to to climb in that very harsh environment where every loss is brutal, brutal, yeah. and every win is not even that great of an advancement. You really, you almost need a string of first and second places to get anything done once you're in the top twenty-five. Um, yeah, it's regardless. Yeah. It's Go really ahead. tough, um, at, least, to, at least as a climber, just to have that consistency and having someone there to like turn one bad game into a good game. Like it's, it's crazy good. Yeah, it's so huge, right? Like, oh yeah, because one loss is, is like sometimes two wins, you know, so maybe two and a half. If, you, if you're taking second place yeah. in the count, right? It's like three games or so. So yeah, I'll put it in perspective where a bad loss will be minus 120. Right. And a win will be around 70. 70. Yeah. So we're looking at a little under two wins per eighth place. Yeah. And, that's, uh, it, and then, of course, once you get third, that's 20 points or less. So <laughs> it drops off dramatically fast after first and second. Yeah. So it, it, it can be super tough, right? And just like also the mind shift shift of, a, of like a bad game, right? Can also like, linger on right where yeah. you know like i that 
I know this happens to me a lot because I'm very streaky. When I look in my my games, it's it's like first, 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 eighth, eighth. Uh oh, <laughs> I don't want to play again, right? Because like, they're the the. It's funny, right? Like I could have like a huge first win rate, but if I have two eights in a row, the chance of the next game being horrible is like extremely high. Though if you look at like statistics, there's no like statistics would say no, nah, no, nah, you. It doesn't make any yeah. sense. <laughs> Each you game just is start doubting. Yeah, you know, I even saw like XQN, arguably the best player that plays the game right now. He had two, you know, for his standards, bad Milhouse games, which were both, you know, like I think one was a fourth, one was a fifth or a sixth, and you could really see him like evaluate: Should I buy this? Do I need to level? So even even someone who has that much reassurance that he's a baller, an amazing player. All it takes is two bad games in a row to make you think like, am I playing this correct? And and that doubt immediately, you know, that kills your game. Yes. Like if you want to get first places, you need a killer instinct. You need to you need to see the shop and say, I know, right? I push here, I level here, I buy that. I don't buy this trash. I need to roll for good cards. I know this is what I need to do. And the moment your confidence dwindles, you're gonna make a lot more purchases that you wouldn't have bought otherwise. Cause you're like, ah, oh, it's okay, I guess. Uh, I kind of want to win the next round. I don't want to take too much damage. And then two turns from that, your comp, you look at it and it's like, what happened? <laughs> you didn't spend your gold properly. Now uh, your comp is trash. I know that feel for sure. Yeah, it's definitely something um, that can hit the very best of us and uh, something, you know, I probably need to work on at times. You know? So like the, the plan is to like, stop playing or play a different account that happens you know that's that's what i should do but sometimes i'm just like stubborn <laughs> i just like oh run yeah it, run it back. yeah that, that's another thing like where i i do like having two accounts for that reason so that even if you lose on one account you'd like okay well that was a bad day there i had to get a bad day where lost 400 mmr on one account but then the other account is still high and then you can work you can earn it back I think for the, the next part, it'd be nice to maybe do some more technical stuff of like, okay, we hear a lot of how you guys have been playing, but what have you guys been playing? Like, what have we been favoring? Right, 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 right. What have been, what have been some, maybe some interesting decisions that we've been making, things that are reoccurring? Um, I think that the first thing to say is, is to come back to the, the chief curve. Where the Mech Quillbore Lobby is right. Like yeah, the, the game's fundamentally the different when those two are together, yeah. and then yeah, and then when Mech alone is yeah. also a fu fundamentally different game, and then no Mech is fundamentally different. Like the, it's so crazy how like oh you're playing a different game when these two are, in. you're playing a different game when just Mechs are, and you're playing a different game when there's no Mechs. Like it's like oh wow, you know. So and then even when Mechs are out. Then there's there's like different metas in what's left in. Like, oh, you can have yeah. no Murlocs with no mechs. Oh, okay. Well, oh, drag demons, drag you know, things are just really good. Oh, mechs and dragons are in. Oh, well, maybe the answer to the mechs that people are going to be forcing is just like run this dragon combat, put a random presser in AI auto win. Da, da, da. There's a lot of like different like techniques within the metas that have arised just due to the, I guess the power level of certain uh, minion types, right? Like, oh yeah, this this is a dominating one, or this is a dominating one, or this is a dominating one. You have to adjust because this is in, so. We should, so, we, yeah, go ahead. We can start off with the mech quobor, since that's like. Yeah, there's a couple of things. There's also the, um, you know, the pirate mech lobbies where True. you have a reform server. The, the six drop, six. yeah. 
So let, let's let's cover them. So the um, the initial one Collins already mentioned is a mech Quobor lobby allows for some crazy good synergies where you're essentially trying to get a board full of divine shields and then you'll have gem splitter, grease spot, and uh, ground shaker. I was gonna say earth shaker because you always say earth shaker. I always say earth shaker. Yeah, yeah, that's translation. Ground shaker equals earth shaker. And honestly, you, you get the point. The once you have that up and running, it feels like cheating. I'm gonna be honest. Like if you have, <laughs> you know, like just just picture this board, guys. You have two deflectos in the front. You have a reset with a module on it, uh, like third or fourth. And then we're talking a random shield. So this might be a grease spot with a module on it. That's usually best. So let's say two deflectos, reset, grease spot with a shield, and then your other cards are. Another Grease Spot, a Golden Gem Splitter, and a Ground Shaker. And then every fight, you're getting, let's say, 8 or 10 gems based on, does my Deflector reset? Do they attack my Deflector before my Gem Splitter kills itself? So, you know, 8 gems for sure if you have 4 Divine Shields, of which 2 are Taunted. And then that just turns into, oh, I, so you're telling me that I have this entire board of mechs, uh, or, you know, half a board of Divine Shields, that is scaling itself with a grease spot every time they lose the shields. So the deflectos can double dip if they um, if they get attacked before the grease spot dies. And then all of that gets supported by this huge attack boost from the ground shaker. You're, you're pretty much only losing to very, very specific things. You're losing to tokens or you're losing to Prestor. Those are the two things that beat you. Prestor is the dragon that will ping your shield off. So that's obviously very bad if you rely on shields. And tokens are very good at dealing with multiple shields, multiple bodies. So we're talking Mama Bear Rat Pack. We're talking multiple Omegas with a Baron or Omega with a Baron and a Kangor. They just they keep just printing tokens and they keep getting your shields for free. Uh, anything else almost is pretty but much just... There's, there's right. also the Omega high roll that you can always lose to that. So just keep that in mind. You know, someone has like... Oh, macro. Or... Yeah, double... Well... Macro, but like someone, someone's playing like Millhouse uh, Elementals, right? Like they, they're just too big. Like at some point, like yeah, yeah, okay, man. okay, yeah. Oh, sorry. When you said Omega High Roll, I thought you were referring to a Buster. I was like, that's weird. I just <laughs> talked about that. But oh, you're talking about oh. someone with an obnoxious. <laughs> obnoxious yeah, not the Omega, whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah okay, it's a little confusing, right? But yeah, I know. Like we're talking like stupid amount of stats. That yeah, can yeah, yeah. Stats. But let's be honest. Your every card you're playing with is a tier four card, so. Yeah, you should probably be able to lose to someone that, you know, eh. got uh, an insanely big master of realities or has a perfect scam comp with Eliza, etc. That, that can always happen. But that that is the bread and butter, I would say, of what we've been doing because it is incredibly consistent and the pieces that you need for it are, are very easy to get. So this is, I would say that what the one of the things that I do well is once I identify what the goal is, I can let go of a lot of the things other players have preconceived notions about. Yes, so, you do do this well. Yeah, I will just say like, okay, well, this is what we need to do. <laughs> okay, well, all these things you used to do, that's good. Like, let go of that. Like, <laughs> you know, this card is not good anymore. You don't need to buy the token here. Right, that's, that's what we do with Jeef Curve. Like, we say, okay, I need two good units and one thing that I can use to sell. So... That will either be on the five gold turn you will need to level 
and then you have two gold left. So either you get a swabby, it's for swabby level, you get a cat, so you can sell the cat level, or you get bacon to buy the bacon, sell the bacon. And, and that's one of those things that you very <laughs> early just put in your mind, like, okay, well, this card is not good because I don't need it. This card is good because I need it. And then it also just makes it a lot uh, easier to, to find the out of the thinking outside of the box line where if you're not married to a way of playing so it might also be very ugly to someone who's very comfortable with the game and like oh no we've always played like this i do do this pretty well the outside the box lines yeah where it's like ah you know like randomly i buy the rat pack and the bird buddy and i'm like okay well i guess i do that well look i have another buddy pair oh da 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 I'll go, I'll, I'll, okay, I got the triple da 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 Omega Buster. Oh, I can get out of my oh, beast. Back into the box. Let's go. Da, da, da. That's me. Back in the box. Yeah, that's good. Sometimes you got to take a little detour outside of the box, but hey, the box is a lot. The box is pretty good a lot of the time. So. Where it's, it's like Omega Goldrin, and you're like, fuck the Goldrin. <laughs> exactly. Okay. All right, so that's that's one part of it, right? Anything to add uh, to the essence of Mech Quillboard lobbies? Well, a, ni- a nice thing, uh, at least uh, something I learned, is like just being able to stay on four, right? Uh, opens up some like consistency in that, you know, there's a lot of like decent things you can pick up on four. If mechs are in, right, that means that Frank's in, Frank's very good salvaging mm-hmm. unit right you Down always want to podcast yeah. on frank yeah frank let's, should definitely be a topic of its own yeah i yeah. do agree yeah let's so do that. Let's um, do that soon. yeah some 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 time um you know sometimes if you get like a random yeah, you know not everyone was watching oh right what is a frank <laughs> it is called a mechano tank we call him frank because he's frank the tank there we go easy so the uh the mechano tank is the mech juggler for those of you who are like, what the hell is the Meccano thing? So <laughs> it's it's a card that I don't think you saw enough early on. Now people are catching on a little I bit. I still don't see it enough in my opinion, but I agree. <laughs> it's just it's a juggler that works with anything. Anything, yeah. It's so stupid. Powerful. So you know, you have an acolyte that's amazing. You have like menace, like, oh man, he's a pew, pew, pew. And it just Every time you look at the board and you say, surely we're not going to get there, like you get there. Because <laughs> you get like, you know, they have this big, big minion where conventionally you say like, oh my God, I never kill that minion. Frank is just like 6, 12, 18, 24. <laughs> it adds up so fast, right? Yeah. Four shots. That's 24 damage. There's not a lot of big guys early game. They've got 24 health or more. So he just goes to work and, and, and lasers them down. So th- that's... That's been a really good minion to stabilize with. If you have a game where you have to rush to four because your shop on three was bad, one of the best cards you can see immediately out of the, the frag. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. I, I, we're saved. Yeah, yeah, we're saved. <laughs> we're, we're, we're not, not dying instantly. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so true. So yeah, I definitely do think that's really uh, important. And just being able to stay on four and like, if you want, you triple into a, a mackerel, right? Mackerel opens up like another whole composition that you can add in, right? Sometimes you just go on four, you triple on four, get two macros. You're like, well, this is a, this is really consistent here with my, with my composition, right? It just makes your composition jump to another level, right? You get those first places. So there's, there's a lot of power in, 
um, in the safety of the mech comp where you have that Quillbor mech core strategy, but even through that, you have a lot of stabilization. You have a lot of like uh, power plays to do, right? You can taunt a mech core if you want. There's no elementals for the Wind Fury and things like that. So um, really like uh, adding that in, this, in there as well. That's all I got to say. All right, cool, cool, cool. So what's the next one we tackle? Just mechs. Maybe, uh, just mech? Yeah, just mech alone. So if the Quillbores are missing, that's a, a big part of that combo gone. But mech still inherently gives you a good reason to go to four. Huh. Because as we mentioned, Frank is there. Spot's there. You can still just play a regular mech comp where you have deflectos with grease spot and resets. That still works fairly well. And if you have a high roll, you will have a very good board for Omega Buster. So uh, the high roll could be, oh, you know, I have these two Grease Spots and oh, I find this third Grease Spot pretty fast. I will level two five to make the discovery at tier six. Damn, Omega Buster, boom, let's go. We're we're off to the races. Now you have a full mech board that can take advantage of that. If you're playing the mech Quillboard variant, Omega Buster does not feel as good because, you know, it doesn't do anything for a shaker. It doesn't do yeah. anything for a jump spitter. Yeah. You're also, you're, you're, you're playing... You kind of not really uh, discriminating between shields. So you have this uh, elemental shield, you have this dragon shield, and you look at this buster and be like, ah, it doesn't do that much. I, oh, but, the, yeah. I knew something had changed and like, oh, maybe I play with Shady or like my mindset is different. When I had like this Omega Buster, like, and I'm just like, wow, this sucks. <laughs> I'm going to <laughs> remove it from my board. And I'm just like, what the? What happened? Like this, this, yeah. this never, I would never do this like a week ago. But damn, I was like, damn, I, things have changed, you know, like in terms of my play uh, there, you know, I was like, oh, well, just, just remove it. <laughs> it doesn't help me here. Like, I, I need to win. And like, so it was just very, it was very interesting where I was like, okay, well, just a, a, a little tidbit of like, just the mentality shift throughout the week. So, but, you know keep moving on i like adding like random tidbits of uh, no no no. it's good let's get some interjections the uh so so i i guess you know we, we don't have to do this like super super linearly just explaining why that makes a difference i fundamentally think or i think that the game is fundamentally different with mechs out i think mechs are the most defining tribe that's and i think that, that's 100 percent. yeah that's and true. and that's not in every meta, but I think that's in most metas. I think in previous meta where we had this insane Doomsayer frog stuff, of course, if beasts and demons aren't in, that's the most influential thing. But I think in most metas, mechs are the the bridge between tier three, tier five. It's like, okay, you go to tier four and it's a stop. You can sit there the entire game almost if needed. And that is just not the case in non-mech lobbies. So if, if you are in a non-mech lobby, I call them high roll lobbies because that's pretty much you high roll or you die because there is no super defensive option. There's a couple, sorry, like there's juggler, right? So if yeah. demons and mechs are out, that's pretty scary. Uh, but, but, you know, like maybe some beasts with a bird buddy, but you Breath run out of Weaver, options. maybe, really. yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so fundamentally, when mechs are out, you are trying to triple into a high tier minion or you need to have a specific hero with a specific game plan, right? We're talking Flurk, shuffling some Murlocs. We're talking Jandis, shuffling our tokens. Uh, but if you do not have a specific game plan and you are in a non-mech lobby, 
you you have to find a way you have to look for something so you have to look for either triples or you have to roll into this juggler lineup uh, because those lobbies are very fast because some people hit and they are you know in, in a more traditional lobby where mechs are in you will have someone that hits but then they fight this quillboard mech guy and they're like sometimes even taking damage right? because they're like <laughs> oh this tempo guy is actually pretty strong i'm taking damage here but if you are in a non-mech lobby and you are someone that hit and you are fighting someone that doesn't hit, a lot of the time, that's damage cap right there. <laughs> right? You have an Eliza, boom, damage cap. You know, an Eliza that runs into a bunch of Divine Shield mechs, maybe not enough to carry, but you have a board full of trash and the other guy's got an Eliza, yeah, that's going to be damage cap. Yeah, you know what the so, worst yeah. feeling is? Uh, you, you don't hit, right? And then some reform goes out in eighth place. <laughs> And then the damage caps off, and you're just like, uh, no, yeah, I'm against yeah, yeah. you know this it. this disgusting duty hits you for like 28, <laughs> and you're just like, why did you die? Need to pay hundred is referring to. I'm just saying, like, he tripled into a five, and he got a mirrors on. So yeah, he's dead. He's dead. Yeah, <laughs> he's super dead. And then the reform dies, and we fight the high roller, and we take. This was a Ysera that power leveled and had like two Caligos yeah. obscenely early. And Stupid. we couldn't get there. They had this insanely high HP Terragosa. So Frank was just like, I'm working on the Gosa, but he couldn't quite get there and nothing died. We took 28 or 26, oh, yeah. game over. Yeah. So yeah, that, that that's the uh, that's the experience. That was a mech lobby, by the way, but that can still happen where if you haven't hit yet and you come up against someone that's a super high roller. So now we, we almost feel entitled to that damage cap because we're so used to it. And yeah. If somebody dies too early, you say, what are you doing? You're ruining my game. Was, the game has changed fundamentally because of damage cap. Yeah. Like the shutter walk curve, right? Without damage cap, you die. You don't almost ever always die, right? But yeah. with, the, with, the, with the damage cap, you're like, okay. Take the damage, right? Best feeling is being at 31, right? Like you're at 31, yeah. you're like, <laughs> yeah, you're so strong, yeah, you're so safe. So, there's a lot of uh gameplay that people have adjusted to just because the damage cap is in. It's almost like the like the like it, it's so weird, right? Because the damage cap is not supposed to be doing this, <laughs> that's not the purpose of this damage cap, but. Because of it, now people are like, oh, I can level here. I ramp here. I just ramp two turns. I'm safe. I'm good. Yeah. And it's just like, I thought the damage cap was to prevent high rolling, right? You know, prevent yeah, people it, getting it, killed. It just makes it safer to, yeah. to go up. Like the amount of times I've pushed early six on Millhouse since the damage right, cap right. is drastically higher. Right. Yeah. So any anytime I'm 30 health or more on Millhouse, right. I'm just like, it's so easy. I'm going up here. Yeah. It's so yeah. easy to just Crazy. like, and that's just like it feels wrong because it's not the purpose of the the cap itself right it's to solve a problem but you're adding this whole other dimension of problems in there just because you want to solve like and it's not an intelligence like an elegant solution i should say yeah you just you just forestall the problem but at some point someone's gonna die and then the floodgates are open because then you're up against these boards where you do you know, you do deal like 32 damage or something stupid when you're a Shutterwalk or you're a Jandas that was able to power level because you had no fear. It was just like no fear whatsoever. If you can greet it to the max and, you know, you, you can, a very competent player, if you can give him the information, uh, you will not die. 
no matter what happens this turn you will not die you get a, oh wow that changes everything let me go this let me do that let me do this let me hold this card yeah and you know i i'd say that the most beautiful illustration of that i call it beautiful because the play itself was strong we were up against i believe his name is honimbo who's a very uh strong player on the u server we were shutterwalk and they were jandis and they held like something like oh yeah five triples in oh, their hands. I remember that. Yeah, yeah. I their entire that. board was just Bran, Cadgar, and a bunch of cats. Yeah, <laughs> that was the board yeah. because they said I got damage cap and I will never beat the Shutterwalk anyway. So let me just take fifteen and then next turn go off again. So this is if you're not familiar with Bran Cadgar transitions, the purpose uh, there to hold is that they haven't committed any of their six drops on the board. So now they can have another turn of playing Murloc Tidehunters and Alley Cats, printing even more triples, and then they put their six drops on the board. Now, before the damage cap, you could do this and be like, who, if I hold here and die, it's really yeah, bad. Yeah, yeah. So you'd have to play one or two six drops just, just to make sure you wouldn't die because you were in such a good spot. And and they they got there because they you know we were Shutterwalk and we had two or three six drops. Yeah, they eight. But they had like seven. They or had eight. Six eight. Drops. <laughs> yeah, eight six drops. You know, like yeah. you're not gonna compete with that. I think they played like like they started off with like a golden plus one regular buster or something crazy. It was you know like they they never had anything less than a golden omega buster. So that's a pretty silly board. Anyways, that's a bit of a, a sidetrack, but. It's good, I think, to bring this up regularly because, as we mentioned, the damage cap is an inelegant solution to a deeper problem, which is some heroes are able to high roll too much. And I think fundamentally the problem comes from being able to triple tokens. I think if you look at all the perpetrators, you got your hooked up, you got your Janus, you got your Shutterwalk, right? All these heroes have one thing in common. They can print triples with tokens. And it's very difficult to see, like, man, this Edwin just came out of nowhere. It's like, it's like, no, that doesn't happen, right? You don't have these like insane boards with these tempo. Heroes. So that that's interesting. Yeah. Are you thinking about instead of removing tokens, you just make tokens unable to triple? Yeah, yeah, just or 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 just make the golden token not make a, give it a triple, right, or something like that. Oh, not give it uh, a triple, yeah. Yeah. So this is obviously me as you know, I'm not a balancer, I'm not a coder. I, I don't know if what I'm asking is impossible, right? Like with what they have, but if that would be a way to do it from a game balance standpoint, even though I will be honest, a lot of this, I'm guilty of this. I do this bullshit on a regular day, right? like. <laughs> It's to the point where if I am playing Reno, I will hold an alley cat in my hand and be like, man, if I hit a brand, boom, right? I'm just going off. I'm printing triples. I'm just, you know, I do that all the time. Uh, it's also good for a golden mama bear on the side notes. So I, I use slash abuse this mechanic all day, every day because it's very strong. And I think it's also fun for the person executing it, but <laughs> it's really not fun for whoever is playing a fair hero at that moment to just out of nowhere fight someone with seven eight triples and this has gone down a lot i agree right we nerfed cadgar we put in the damage cab this and that but all these changes are not necessary if you just would prevent tokens from being able to triple and the essence of the game is not gone when that happens it the game just becomes a little bit more pure where you don't have this bullshit that for the most part it's just for experienced players a lot of the you know more novice players they'll do more harm than good when they start playing around with Cadgar and like <laughs> oh shit I didn't sell enough minions or I'm dead here or this or that yeah, I've so, seen that yeah. happen yeah. I say that with very little self-interest that 
that would probably be the most logical way to you know balance the game where the damage cap would be largely unnecessary yeah dude the game would change again if you like remove the damage cap i'd be like yeah but i i want to play safe <laughs> i want to play <laughs> on a level here you know i'll be thinking about it <laughs> which is funny um but yeah, so we've talked about mech cobalt lobbies, we've talked about just mech lobbies, we've talked about no mech lobbies. And then even with no mech lobbies, there's there's things that matter too, like whether murlocs are in, I think that's really important, whether beasts are in, right? Because sometimes when there's no mechs, uh, and you're like, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna curve get a five, right? What fives do I want, right? And you're like, ah, well. Uh, Mama Bear is probably the easiest one to like, okay, I hit a Mama Bear, I know exactly what I'm doing now. Whereas Super some of the other ones, it's like, ah, know me, is it good here? Am I playing Milhouse? Da, da, da. Do I have a refreshing? You know, it's not, it's not as crystal clear. Like, will I die if I commit to know, know well, me at this point? The, the tribe heroes there have a huge advantage, right? In no mech lobbies, mm -hmm. just for that, that, that path is so clear. Like I brought the, I brought the example up and we've talked about Florig, but Man, it's so good to play Flurg <laughs> in no mech loving. Holy crap. You just, you know, you look at the screen and just like, no mech. Oh, I got a Flurg. Oh, yes. Oh, that's so good. So it's crazy how that hero went just from nowhere to, oh, probably like my top five heroes I'd like to see in this particular screen. So very, uh, just anything with a game plan, huge advantage in the no mech loving. Yeah. Because it, you don't have to worry about oh will i not find a, a line and yeah. then die right because that's that's usually like always an issue uh, in this game right when mechs and cobras are in it's like okay i'm rolling on four for like four plus turns like i'm gonna i'm gonna roll into one divine you know i just <laughs> I'm gonna get a, i'm gonna get game plan on at some point right but when you don't have that like safety net it's like well okay did i get the did i get a pair did i do this did i do that there's not a lot of like uh safety in that and you can hit you can hit the five and then the fives are useless and then it's yeah. like is, just, is that's what the reform did right yeah, the reform yeah. went for five got a mirror and it's like oh i'm dead it's dead yeah there's you know so it, it's not guaranteed getting a triple isn't a guarantee that you have a game plan at all right so it's just nice if the hero is like, here's a game plan from the beginning of the game. You don't have to worry about this problem that you have in this particular lobby. So uh, it just helps uh, a lot uh, and, and really makes them a lot more valuable when you know that you have a fallback, right? Like you're not, you don't have to force the, uh, the minion type that they give you, but it's a lot easier if you're getting like, oh, a free dragon. <laughs> You know, it's a lot easier to be like, yeah, well, I'll, I can force this if I. Playing dragons. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, it it definitely does help there. So those are like the uh, like the three main. There's a lot to talk about even within them, but you know, like the podcast actually pretty long already. So <laughs> hit a hit an hour already. You know, so uh, yeah, but that's um. Those are the types, and you did uh, kind of mention in, in like. You want to talk about what we bring to the table uh and well, i think one more to quickly cover okay. is the uh the mech pirate lobby where you have heroes that have easy access to six tier six drops yeah is that so, uh, is that different i guess i kind of subset that with the mech only lobby because it's like um but that is true that mech pirate gives you like the two best like 
here you hit six and this you got this one oh i know exactly i'm gonna stabilize and then i know what to do as well right like because there are like caligos doesn't do that right like caligos is a relatively good six but it's not like okay i hit a caligos i've stabilized <laughs> I'm, I'm not taking damage how do you want to die with that dude? you're not behind you at that point yeah so that's that's very true right the eliza the omega buster right they're the oh plug and play you've stabilized and then you also know what your comp is as well so they're really yeah really that, great. That, that's, you know that's why i love eliza and the mega buster is just you know another one of those where power right away and scalability very find, yeah. the Baron, find more find more hits so then that would be a Maiev, Rafam, omo just any hero that traditionally has a, an easier time getting a six drop very 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 all right take it away you were moving ahead i was moving backwards you know because you did all mention, right you did, back. you did mention uh uh you you were kind of talking about uh some of your skill sets and some of mine right i, I really think um shady's really good at knowing uh we need to do this like if we want to survive we need to do this you know i we're going for this comp how do we get there in the best possible way right okay so i see there's a there's this mech quillboard lobby. How do, how do I get, how do I make that consistent? You know, like here's, here's this, how do I make it consistent? Right. Where I would look at that and be like, well, we'll get there and we'll make it work. Right. Like that's, you know, we'll get there. We'll make it work. She's like, okay, how do I force myself in the best possible position to get in the best possible percentage plays that I will always be able to run this consistently, you know? So it, it helps. He's able to refine, like, you know, fix the curve, fix the thing, and find, like, okay, I need this, I need this, I need this. By this point. Once I'm here, then I need this by this, by this point. Once I'm here, okay, I need this by this, by this point. And I'm like, why? what about level? And he's like, there's no point to level. It doesn't do anything. There's nothing you can hit. You need this, this, this. And I'm like, that is very fair. You know, there's no point to level. You know, da, da, da. Well, here, I'm very good at, okay, so... There's not, we have no, no game plan. Have you thought about this? Have you thought about this? Okay. You haven't thought about this. Okay. If you think about this, now you can think about this. Okay. Have you thought about this? Okay. We've thought about this. Now think about this, 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 you could do this because you're thinking about this now. Now this is available to you. You can do this whole line because you now thought about this one play, you know, that's, that's something I do a lot where it's like, okay, so there's one minion in the shop. Okay. That opens up. Okay. If I get this one minion, now I can, now this minion actually becomes playable. Now that we have this playable, we can roll for this minion, this minion. Now order correct. Make sure you get the order correct. <laughs> but now you can now get, you can now have a completely different board that's significantly stronger, opens up different lines that you couldn't do if you're stuck in that rigid composition or that rigid that uh, we need to do this. So I just kind of open up flexibility and, making sure that you're considering every option, what every play that has a percentage chance to be the best play. While you're like very clear at like, this is, you know, 80% of the time always, always the best play. So I'm going to be very good at making sure that whenever the 80% arises, we're doing the 80% where I'm like, okay, there's a 20% here. Have you thought about this? There's a 10% here. Have you thought about this? Have you, there's a 5% here. Have you thought about this? And at some point it's like, oh, this 
this 10% play actually makes a lot of sense in this one particular position. You look at the board state, you look at the opponent, you look at the leveling curve, you look at what your opponent is going to be, what the board, uh, what the enemy board states are going to be. This 10% play actually makes a lot of sense, Collins. Let's do that. And it's like, all right, <laughs> let's go. And I think that's that really helps a lot because the that those 10% to 20% games, they fix a lot of the... Like those random sevens, those random eights, you know, where you're just casually doing something, your your consistency, your rigid play, but something went wrong. You know, you got lucky, unlucky somewhere. So now the the eighty percent is now falling a little bit. It's now becoming like you know sixty percent, right? But now the twenty percent is actually kind of rising a little bit. It's like oh, thirty percent, forty percent, and once you get that, you know, that tension there, like oh, this actually starts to make sense here. Then you get that, okay, so normally we do this, but now here in this spot, we can now do this transition. And now it's beautiful because, okay, we've solved this problem. We've solved this game. Crisis averted, right? We're not getting eighth here. Now we're getting, you know, top two <laughs> instead. Those feel really good. So uh, I think that's that helps. In the, and just as well, just being good players, right? In case someone feels scared or, or like, not confident in play that reassurance like yeah this is a good play don't worry about it it looks weird it's a good play don't worry about it and then just having that like oh yeah this is a good play don't worry about it it's just very nice to smooth out those like rough uh not confident plays like inconsistencies where like normally if you're playing by yourself you might like fall into a trap of like ah, i feel weak i have to buy this like, no you don't have to buy this like let's just roll you know that kind of stuff so i think uh those are the kind of things we we bring to the table making sure everything works together to have the highest percent chance that you get the first place if it was even possible with the roles that we got yeah so just a that's, clarification i think that sums it up really nicely where i i am more the I guess I'm more the boring player in, in some regards, <laughs> and you're the uh, you're kind of more the superstar. Where you're like, all right, you know, I'll just I'll just wing it, I'll make it happen, and and it's really good to combine those those two styles because you have. I, I can tell you like those percentage lines where you know like be disciplined here, don't do it, but sometimes I'll be like, God, ah, uh, the you know I'm not gonna get there, and I feel like when I have the feeling of like we're not gonna get there. I have the lifeline that is Collins would be like, all right, let's let's find a way to get there. And that is that is super nice. I I do that. That is my standard approach to playing pretty much any game. I will always look for where there is a disproportionate return on investment. So there was this meta where Arm of the Empire was insanely strong. And I, you know, back then, you know, I've grown so much as a player. Back then, I would say that I was somewhat limited as a player, and I still got to um, very, very high rank by almost just forcing that composition because there was just a realization there that this is too strong. So you play this, and you find a way to make this happen a lot of the time. That's what Collins refers to. It's like, oh, 80% of the time we can get to this particular composition, and then, you know, like, just refine that, you know, like, uh, make the process very streamlined. And to then indeed have someone there who is taking care of when that scenario doesn't happen, that yeah, takes it to the next level. Yeah. And I do something very different, right? I, I'm, I will be, okay, I'm getting first this game. All right, I'm getting first this game. All right, I'm, you know, I will like look for the, I, how do I get the strongest possible board at, as fast as possible when no one has a chance, right? Like, it's a, a lot of these, a lot of games I'll, I'll play and I'll be like, 
looking at my board and I'm just like, what happened? Like, this board is ridiculous. <laughs> it's not fair, right? But that's because I'm like not going for the streamlined play. I'm going for like, okay, so there's a 10% chance I get the best possible board possible, right? And I'm like, okay, we've got a 10% chance to actually, actually smash this game. Let's take it, right? And then like, you know, 90% of the time, <laughs> it doesn't work. But then because I'm so used to being in the 90% scenario, it doesn't work. I'm able to salvage, right? So I'm, I become very efficient about how do I salvage? How do I salvage? And then some, some games I just auto win, right? I just win for free because like I went for the high roll, got the high roll, Omega Buster, Golden Omega Buster. Okay. Let's, you know, it's like turn, turn nine, <laughs> Golden Omega Buster with a, with a Baron, right? Like, okay, well, I mean, the game's over, right? So. Um, those do happen, right? But then a lot of times they won't, right? But I'll be able to salvage, da da da. Okay, I'm, you know, I'm tier six or tier five, whatever, da da da. I have one turn to get strong. Roll, 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 roll. Okay, I found it. Okay, I salvaged, da da da. I'm good, right? So doing that over and over, right? You get a lot, um, get quite efficient at doing that, right? So when I play with Shade, it's like, okay, we're not, sal we're not there, but then it's like, okay, we need a high roll or something. All right, da, 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 let's look for it. <laughs> let's look for the high roll. It's got to be there somewhere. Uh, or, or, or it's like, we don't hit the stuff. How do I, how do we salvage? Shady, what about this? Da, da, da. We can salvage here. Da, 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 da. All right. So those two extremes, right? I got you covered, but then in the, the straight, you know, the consistency there, you got, you got me covered, right? Like, it's like, okay. I, I think that that is probably one of the biggest strengths that I bring to the table when we are playing is the amount of times I've pulled you into a role and delayed a level one turn where you yeah. look at the board and be like, yeah, yeah. oh my God, we would have taken 15 and right now we're killing the guy. <laughs> so, That's I, I so think my true. Ability where yeah, I, I would go for the board. six, yeah. take 15, and then I have to salvage in one turn. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <Yeah. laughs> oh, man, that's so true. Where you're just like, nah, don't take 15. Just roll. And then your board's insane. And then you don't have to salvage. It's, it's fine. Yeah, and then you can just level <laughs> yeah. and not take <laughs> Where I'm like, the I'll just take 15. Alone and is not enough. So, yeah, it's, it's really good. All right, anyways, we've praised our synergy a lot. The... Um, I guess the audience gets it and you know it's also just fun I think it is very fun that's so true we didn't even talk about it but it's so fun dude the days go quick you're enjoying yourself it's nice you know every every day is enjoyable <laughs> you have a bad game or shitties they're like ah it's fine it's just whatever you know i was like okay yeah you're right you know so yeah. yeah just having someone there as a sanity check is also great where he's like that was bullshit, right? Yeah. Like <laughs> we did the right play. Okay, cool. Or someone said, like, well, yeah, no, I guess we, we could have done Yeah, we could have done this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's that's always good because if you're on your own and you're playing and you get this nasty, nasty loss, it's so easy to start questioning everything. Yeah. And All it's right. fun. That well, was yeah, for sure. <laughs> Well, yes, that is our uh, you know discussion. Uh, we will most likely, I mean, we will be playing together more. You know, I, I've got a got a, got some time this this month, <laughs> so, so yeah, we will uh, continue doing it, have some fun, try to um, you know get as good as possible because that's really the most important factor in, in climbing, just being good, right? If 
you, the number really doesn't matter. If you're good, you will climb, right? If you're better than your opponents on average, you will climb on average. So um, as long as we just become as good as possible, we should be fine. But yes, that will be our podcast for this week. Sorry for the claps. I'm actually super tired, but it doesn't really feel it, right? Yeah, like, damn. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, it's like you get adrenaline, right? And then when the adrenaline wears off a bit more, then, then, then it'll, you get that like... Oh, wow. I was actually really tired. Yeah. But um, thank you guys for joining us this week. I actually forgot to upload last week's um, episode. And uh, I'm sorry about that. I I know, Shady. I know. I know. I've been bad. Dude, it's because I've been tired. You know, like I end the the stream and I'm like, damn, I'm drained. I forget to do it. You know, the days go fast. I just forgot. But uh, I'll make sure that I... I, um, I get that done this week, you know. Like I didn't even know it's Thursday, man. Like I was like, "What? It's Thursday what, yeah, already? That's, that's, yeah. that's crazy." So, um, that shall be it. Thank you guys for joining us. You can find us at the website with the thing, and uh, we'll see you guys next week. Take care of yourselves. Have a lovely day. Make sure you rest. Apparently, it's really important. Shady knows that already, but you know, I was just figuring it out this week, but. Uh, Take care of yourselves and see you later, folks. Have a good one, guys. Yeah, I'll make sure to uh to get this this end last episode. Yeah, yeah, and last one through. Like, yeah, it's I've been bad, so yeah. But yeah, thank you guys for joining us today. I'm uh probably gonna watch Worlds, and Lo- League Worlds is on. You know, and, uh, I always catch up on that whenever uh it's up. You know. Always fun for me watching our my team lose over and over every year. <laughs> that's uh that's uh, apparently I like it. <laughs> so, <laughs> but yeah, anyways, uh take care of yourselves and uh, have a wonderful rest of your day. You got anything else to do? You're going to bed. Well, gonna jam is. some more games. I hear you, Shady. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's six right now. I usually try to stay up until at least nine thirty or something. Nine thirty, okay. Alright. Sounds good. But uh I guess. See you. Take care of yourselves. Have a wonderful day.